This week on I Know You Hear Me with Flynn Hendricks. So when I was about 27 years old, and I ended up uh, starting my own business when I was 21 years old, which I still have many years later. Um, I have my own window cleaning power washing business that runs itself full time. And you'll get a kick out of it. It's called Peeping Tom's Window Cleaning. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's brilliant. So, brilliant. Um, oh, I do my spirituality full time. And because it runs itself, I'm, I'm available to do readings and parties and events and stuff. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Will Harridge, and I'm an audio engineer. But you would not believe the amount of mediocre voice actors I get in on the daily. It's scary, honestly. I always want to recommend them to Elise Bowman, who's the best voice acting coach I know. But I'm always afraid I'm going to offend them and be out of a job. Thankfully, I send the best ones over to her anyway over at EliseCoaches.com, and they keep coming back. Hi, I'm one of the mediocre talents that Will has to work with. And really, I'm thinking about looking up Elise myself. Go look at Elise Coaches today and start your career without ending mine. What he said. Jeff, wake up. Mm, mm, hey, yeah. we got a show to do. Oh, crap. Whew, I'm here. Not the way I was expecting to start the show this week, ladies and gentlemen, but um, that's just showing you how much work just Jeff is doing to make this show happen. Because, good Lord, guys, we are busier than a... Um, what, what, what analogy could I use? Um, I got nothing. A three-legged cat in a litter box? <laughs> Is that a I, thing? I don't know if that's appropriate or not, but we're we're busy guys. But um, for, forgive my manners here. Uh, this is the I know you hear me podcast with yours truly, Flynn Hendricks, and the man behind the curtain, the man that makes it all sound so nice and pretty, the audio wizard himself, the Jefferson Starship, possibly Jeffrey the Giraffe, um, Arnageddon. Uh, it's just Jeff, ladies and gentlemen. And he makes this show happen every week. He makes it sound nice. He gets those ads from our sponsors in there, which you've got to go check them out. You've got to show your support. They take care of us. They'll take care of you, too. And speaking of um, showing support, advertising, um, Jeff, did you know that our audience is growing worldwide and people continue to tune in and subscribe every week? I did. I actually seen that, you know, just the other day when I was looking at our website. Absolutely. So, um, I think if we've got friends out there, because I know I've got a lot of friends that are entrepreneurs that have started their own business. I've used them for different things. And basically what I'm getting at here, guys, is if you've got a product or service that you want to get out there to a worldwide audience, I want to help you do it. Jeff wants to help you do it. Let us promote your products and services. If you've got events going on, let us help you get the word out there and get what you're looking for done. We want to promote for you, and we've got our information on how we can do that in the show notes, and we can customize advertising packages directly for you. So if you want to advertise on one of these podcasts, slide into my DMs, and we'll make that happen. Not that way, Jeff. Not that way. No, I'm a happily taken man. Anyway... Ladies and gentlemen, guys, we have got a great episode lined up for you today, and it's going to be a little bit out of the um, realm of what I'm usually used to talking about. So we're going to talk about opening yourself up to the spiritual universe and making yourself more open to, I guess, what's the way I'm trying to say this? 
elevate to your best self. And our guest today is going to give us a very interesting story about how he not only did this for himself, but how he does this to help guide others to being their best self in the in the world that we live in right now, which we all know is a crazy place. So this is going to be a fun, fun episode for you guys, and I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed doing the interview. But before we get there, you guys know what's coming now. Um, Jeff, what is that magical M word that we talk about at the start of every show? Um, mattresses. No, I mean, my mattress is calling my name right now because I'm a very sleep-deprived individual. Yep. But, um, no, not we're not selling mattresses. Um, merchandise. That's it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you this. Have you ever wanted an animated picture of my lovely self telling just Jeff to get out of the studio? We've heard it happen multiple times across both shows. It's not exclusive to Tales from the Haunt. It's exclusive to any Flynn Hendricks podcast because Jeff will bring up the bane of my existence. He will bring up dog eggs. We know they lay them on Easter. If you don't know what that means, go listen to Tales from the Haunt because we cover that there. Links in the show notes. But if you want an animated picture drawn by former guest on this show, Katrina Piscina, we got you covered. We'll even sign it for you. If you want a shout out, if you want a voicemail recorded, if you want me to cut a wrestling promo on you, that can be done. All you have to do is reach out to me and email me, and we will get that done for you. Flat rate shipping for anything you want shipped, including shirts that we have available. And you can also check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash Flynn Hendricks to see what we got going on there because I've got quality Flynn shirts. You want to show your support? We got it coming. But ladies and gentlemen, here is the thing that means the most to me about all this merchandise because not only does it help support this podcast and keep this thing going, but it also helps benefit different charities as well because a portion of every sale is going to either go to the Nashville Humane Society or it's going to go to the Peter Mayhew Foundation. Now, both of those charities are near and dear to my heart for obvious reasons. I'm a huge fur baby person. And then I'm also about anything that helps those in need or helps kids in need. So let's make it happen. All you have to do is tell me what charity you want to donate to. And if you're not sure, leave it up to chance. I'll make the donation and your name to one of those charities and everybody is going to benefit. So doesn't that sound like a win right there, Jeff? It does. It does. And I, I think the little extra cherry on top to get you to follow us on social media, if you haven't already, is get connected so that once you get that merch, you can tag us in a picture of it. We can not only shout you out on social media, but guys, we can shout you out on the podcast and your name will be heard worldwide, wide, 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 wide. But in all seriousness... I want people to know that you support this show and that you are one of the cool kids that helps keep this train going. So I'd say that sounds like a pretty good deal, wouldn't you, Jeff? It does. And and while we're on the subject of merch, hey, I just got a message from somebody out of Kansas City that wants to know if um, you can ship yourself to them. Um, I can drive myself, <laughs> but I or I can possibly fly if they'll pay for the shipping. But I ain't getting in a box, Jeff. Oh well, that's I think that's what they want. They want to put you in a box. Well, like I don't a crate with nails and you know. I don't sleep well in styrofoam, Jeff. You you can oh. tell them they can buy me a first class plane pod. We'll go that route. <laughs> oh, okay, we'll tr we'll try that. I might even settle for a cabin or a you know I, I'm not getting in the bathroom. I ain't joining you know I ain't doing that. Anyway, <laughs> well I I don't know how that came up, 
But now, as my kids are getting in trouble outside of the studio here because they're fighting bedtime, they'll learn one day that sleep is important. I can teach them many lessons, but we won't get into that now. Anyway, I've got a guest here that I have been excited to chat with for a while now, and I've got to give a big shout out to my man Steve Joyner for getting us connected because this is a guy that he was adamant had to be on this show, and he has not steered me wrong yet. And man, this... I'm just ready to jump right into it. So let's give this guy the introduction that he deserves. Um, this guy is a master-level psychic comedian. And no, I didn't flub that word. That is an actual word, comedian. And he's also a spiritual advisor, and he's been one for over three decades. And he has helped change the lives of thousands of individuals who have turned to him for answers and guidance. So it is my pleasure to have on the show tonight, Artie Hoffman. Artie, man, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Oh, it's my pleasure. It really is. I like to uh, share, you know, information with the public. So uh, I feel privileged to be on your show and Thank to you. keep on spreading the good, all the good mojo out there. Absolutely. And the world definitely needs a lot of that. And I mean, like, man, just like with everything you've got on your resume here, man, like you're, you're a nationally renowned speaker. And not only that, you're a radio personality, a healer, and you've got your own weekly radio show, Angels and Answers, like... Where did all this start for you? Because I, I'm just fascinated to to sit under the learning tree and learn about all this. So can we just jump right into the deep end and go right back to the beginning of your story where all this started for you? Uh, yeah, when I was about 27 years old, before that time, I didn't have anything going on in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I literally um, um, didn't have spit. I had nothing. And the funny thing is, you know, growing up, I always wanted to become a therapist, a psychologist, but I really sucked at school. I was very well liked by my peers and the teachers, but when it just came to scholastics, it just wasn't me. But I always dreamed about becoming a therapist. So, but like I said, I kind of accepted the fact that that probably was not gonna happen. Right. And so when I was about 27 years, and I ended up uh, starting my own business when I was 21 years old, which I still have many years later, um, I have my own window cleaning power washing business that runs itself full time wow. and you'll get a kick out of it. It's called peeping Tom's window. Cleaning. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's brilliant. So, that brilliant. um, Oh, I do my spirituality full time and because it runs itself, I'm, I'm available to do readings and parties and events and stuff. So when I was 27 years old, you know, um, I got a postcard in the mail. And it said, you know, it was in my junk mail. And it said, how would you like to develop your psychic ability and intuitiveness? Come to the Edgar Casey Foundation in Virginia Beach for this one weekend seminar. So I thought it was like pretty exciting. I wasn't looking yeah. at it like it was my prayers. I just looked at it. Oh, I said, oh, wow, that'd be fun to learn. You know, just for shits and giggles. It was nothing, no big deal other than right. just for the. So I asked my wife, who was my wife at the time, I said, do you want to try this? This looks pretty interesting. She says, ah, I don't give a crap about that. She goes, you can go if you want. I don't want to go, you know, hence the ex-wife. So, uh, <laughs> so I went away on that one weekend seminar and there was 50 of us from all different parts of the country in this one very large room. And um, they taught you how to open up your heart and mind to be 100% unconditional. So they broke us up into little groups and they said, whatever information that you get, you know, just share it with the other person and um and see what happens and they said don't judge any messages that you get just share anything that comes to your thoughts no matter how wild it is and most people were telling me how accurate i was as people were doing back to me 
So uh, I thought this was like the coolest thing since, you know, sliced bread. I just yeah. thought it was cool. So I went home and I bought myself uh, these spiritual cards here. And um, I was reading uh, for friends and family for a few years after that, just for the fun of it. And people, again, were telling me how accurate I was. And, um, and I got to a point in my life for investment purposes, I needed to make some extra cash fast right. other than doing what I do. I needed to make extra money. So I'm sitting on my couch and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell else can I do other than just, you know, doing what I know to do, you know, with window cleaning and all that. And I said, yeah, you know what? I know how to do reading. So I threw an ad in the paper and it said, you know, if I don't pull through, no charge, you know, and I would say 90% of the people paid me and uh, through word of mouth and through a little more advertising, it just took off and, you know, now people consider me their psychic therapist. Man, and the cool awesome. thing is I'm a therapist who now come see me for answers. And um, it's pretty cool because I get right to the chase. I get right into the meat of people's circumstances in life rather than just on the surface of people's problems. Absolutely. You know, a lot of, time, a lot of times the problem is not always the problem. It's how you choose to look at it how you choose to deal with it your perception of the situation is what the problem is so the faster you take care of an issue the faster it will go away or at least get better you know so mm -hmm. what i do is when i tell people the truth of the matter of what's going on in their life no matter what topic you're talking about when you could understand the truth of the matter that gives you power because power is you know knowledge is power Sure. So I give people your power so they can make healthier choices, which then uh, changes the outcome of their future. So sometimes people's circumstances suck so much in the moment that a lot of times I will automatically get what is the problem emotionally with them. And then their outcome becomes much better, which then creates a better future. But if I was just to tell people uh, a psychic reading based on not trying to change the way they're thinking if it's not healthy. Yeah. Then the reading would suck because, you know, they're just thinking not under healthy circumstances. So I help them look at things from a healthy perspective, which then again, makes them a happier person, gives them more power. And, you know, when you're, when you have clarity on decisions to make, whether it be a career, whether it be about your love life, whether it be about your finances, it could be about anything, it could be about health. But when you have clear answers on, on how to take care of matters, you know, it makes you a much happier person. Sometimes, you know, even with me telling you the answers, sometimes it's still very challenging, you know, but it is at least better to know what you have to deal with rather than just, you know, walking around with your heads in the clouds, you know, in a fog, not knowing what the hell to do. Absolutely. You know? So I give people some hard answers sometimes. And, um, you know, and I tell people, I said, listen, you know, it's not that I could necessarily cure your problem, but I can at least give you a map so that you can understand what you're dealing with right. or who you're dealing with. And um, again, it just makes me so happy. Sincerely, it makes me so happy that I could change that many people's lives for the better. Um, and it's not just about the money, it's it's about, you know, the difference that I make for other people. 
And when people are referring me to other, you know, to their friends and family, they're so excited because of what happened with them and the messages they got, you know, that's like, oh my God, that's such, such an incredible feeling. Absolutely. You know? So For like sure. I said to you before, you know, 90%, you know, when I first started my business, uh, I hate to call it a business, I'll say endeavor. Right, right. And I said at the very beginning, so it was I, you know, I, I wasn't as accurate as I was, as I am now. And um, so I said 90% of the people paid me. The other 10% I had to kill. So. <laughs> <laughs> I heard nothing. Um, we'll, we'll scrub that part out. But <laughs> but, but anyway, um, man, that's, that's so awesome, though. And I love that, it, you know, it has a positive impact on these people that may not know where to start or may not even know, like, everything is just compounded. They may not even remember what the root cause of their problem is, but you're helping them find this clarity, you know, amidst the struggle and the storm and the chaos, but they don't even realize it. And a lot of times people try to make chocolate cake with vanilla ingredients, right? In other words, trying to make the impossible possible. And it's like, it's not working in your favor, no matter what you try to do with your relationship, your job, your whatever it is. And I'm saying you're working against yourself. I said, you need to sometimes just let it go and start refresh again. And and transition is very difficult for a lot of people. For sure. You know, you have to give up a job or give up a relationship and that you want to work so bad. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people have what's known as golden handcuffs. Golden handcuffs um, is when you're in a job or a relationship that you can't stand but yet the benefits are just good enough. It keeps you there. Oh, I was so there earlier this year with a job. Yeah, so it's an emotional golden handcuffs. Man, I, I swear we didn't plan this, but it's like you just nailed the first half of this year as far as like my my time in the corporate world. So, I mean, that's it's nice to actually have a name to put on that now. But that's, I mean, that's, that's 100% accurate. You can't stand it. But like you said, it's just good enough to keep you there and the cycle continues. Like, it's... Man, that's so it's, fascinating. So I tell a lot of people when you're, I'll give you an example. So for people who can't stand the relationship and they want to get out of it, all right, um, whether you're married or not married, if you don't, if you don't create an island to go to, you know, if you don't create new circumstances to go to, that when you say I'm leaving, I'm out of here, if you didn't already plan before you have that conversation. You shouldn't have that conversation. I'm leaving until you already have your 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 yes. situation set up. Whether it be a place to go to, whether you're financially secure, whether you have emotional support, you need to create that new island for you to go to. Because if you don't, you're going to end up right back in the same crappy relationship or job and back on that hamster wheel because you have nowhere else to go to. So that's probably one of the biggest mistakes that people make is that they're not creating. A new place and sometimes it's not it's not going to happen overnight sometimes it might take a week it might take a month right. it could take a year or two until you finally you know set yourself up and you don't tell your partner anything you know you keep that hush hush and you do what you have to do on the side and i wouldn't go telling other people what you're doing because people have a way of talking and blabbing and yep. it's going to sabotage you absolutely that i mean that's that's the truth of it right there too and i mean it seems like we're in a society these days where social media is prevalent, negativity is prevalent, we see it all around us, and when you try to find that positivity or you try to be that positive beacon in the atmosphere around you, 
you're looked at as the as the weird one, or you're looked at as the outcast. You're the one that's not going with the norm. And you know, in, in situations like that, where like you've had all these clients, especially that are a who's who of actors, musicians, um, political figures, athletes, you name it, that have come to you. What's it like if somebody comes to you skeptically at first, and you eventually break those walls down, and you help them? you know, see the end goal and help them, you know, like find what they're looking for. What's that like for you when you have somebody that starts off so skeptical about everything and then you just, they get a complete 180 on you? Yeah, I, I actually love skeptics uh, because I'm not trying to impress anybody mm-hmm. at all. And I'm not trying to change anybody. All I'm doing is being truthful. So when you spell out the truth to somebody and help them, and all of a sudden you could see their wheels spinning you could tell when somebody's thinking, you know, and um, without even trying to go, wow, 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 wow. You know, it's like, wow, I never looked at it that way. Or, wow, you were right about this and that. And, oh, my God. You know, the only reason why I know what I know, I don't go around saying, oh, Artie Hoffman knows everything. And, you know, I don't know jack shit until the spiritual world gives me all the answers. Absolutely. So it, it's it's exactly like um, the movie Ghost. You know, I'm the Whoopi Goldberg in the movie Ghost. And then I have a Patrick Swayze on the other side feeding me all the answers. Oh, wow. So the spiritual world is making me look pretty damn good and say, hey, Artie, you were right about this. You were right about that. And I really every time somebody says that to me, which is a lot, every time somebody says that to me, I really don't take it like, oh, I gave you the right answers. Basically, I was a good channeler to listen to the other side and they gave me all the answers because every psychic in the world, they don't know jack shit about anybody. It's not until the spiritual world feeds them all the answers. It just depends how good of a channeler you are to the spiritual world so they could feed you the answers. So that's what makes somebody a really good medium. A medium is somebody who communicates to the dead, people who have passed away. Mm -hmm. And a psychic is somebody who predicts the past, present and future, you know? Absolutely. now that's so that difference. That that's something that really fascinates me right there because you know, like you mentioned opening yourself up to the spiritual world so that they can give you the answers. But in, in today's day and age, it seems like people are so keyed into technology or having a phone in their hand, having a tablet, a computer in front of us right now, how we're communicating. When when you're so tuned into all of this stuff, how was it for you to, you know, break away from the societal norms and the things around you? to open yourself up and, you know, like just elevate your inner self to make yourself open to the spiritual realm and everything around you to, you know, get you to where you are now. What was that like? Well, that, it was extremely exciting. That's what that one weekend seminar was about. Mm -hmm. That first seminar was about no, you know, the difference between myself and most people say who aren't psychic is you just simply, I follow my first gut instincts. Even if it doesn't make sense to me, right. I still express my first gut instincts. Now, does it mean that I'm right all the time? No. Am I right? I would like to say that I'm probably right. Most of the times when I give people answers, I'm right. Most of the times, not all the time. So a lot of times, you know, when I tell people, you know, uh, answers to the future, um, there are certain things that are going to happen. Come hell to high water, I see things that are going to happen. It depends how the messages are given to me. But then there's what's known as psychic probabilities. 
psychic probabilities is, well, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you go over here, that's what's going to happen. And if you go over there, that's what's going to happen. Well, Artie, what do you see me doing? I said, I don't know. I just told you what to expect based on your personal choices. That's your free will. Right. You know, so um, I, I, you know, I, so in other words, you said, hey, Artie, I'm, I'm starting a business. And do you see it being successful? Now, if I said to you, I said, yeah, I could see this being very successful. If you do this, that, and the other thing, I could really see it being successful. But just the fact that Artie Hoffman told you that he saw you being successful and he sees uh, hundreds of thousands and if not millions of dollars surrounding you, you know, if you sit on your fat ass and you don't, you know, you change your whole ways because Artie said that it was going to happen. It's only going to happen if you continue your energy to keep on working hard. Absolutely. Um, it's by the word it's by the energy in the moment you know uh, a, a very good example when i was doing my show somebody gave me a testimonial and they said artie you were right um you said i asked you was i going to pass my um board exam uh, she was going for a board exam for something with her mm -hmm. job i don't know if it was law accounting whatever and you and i asked you if i was going to pass and you said yes but only if i study my ass off and you said, if I block out all distractions and study hard for this one week, you saw me passing. And she says, well, that's exactly what I did. I blocked all distractions. I put all my energy into it and I did pass. Wow. So I saw that if she was just going to neander and not take that test serious, she was not going to pass. So I'm going to tell you an interesting story that you're oh, really, really, going, that you're really going to appreciate. So this is what I mean by, you know, when I give people answers you know, you have a choice in life. And like I said, I'm, I'm you know, I, here I am telling you these stories and I'm still amazed by it, even when I tell you these stories. Uh, and I'm the one who, who, who created this or, or predicted this or whatever. So anyway, a girl walks into my place, all right? And she's covered with tattoos from head to toe, mm -hmm. literally from her, her entire body is, is totally tattooed out. Good Lord. And comes into my place and she said, Artie, uh, she goes, I've been thinking about you every single day for the last two years. So I'm flattered and I'm thinking like, all right, why are you thinking about me every day for the last two years? So, you know, and I said it kind of with a chuckle because usually there's a cute little sexual innuendo when you're saying something like that. Right. Not that I was attracted, but I thought it was interesting. So I said, why were you thinking about me for the last two years? She goes, you read for me here two years ago. And as soon as you held my hand, you started to, you know, I get messages in songs. The spiritual world sings me, plays songs for me in my head. Whatever that song is about, I'm never wrong. Whatever that song about, that's what's going on in that person's life or what's going to happen. So she said, as soon as you held my hand, you started singing that song by ACDC, Highway to Hell, I'm going to Highway to Hell. <laughs> And, and you said to me that if I don't, you said to me, I'm doing something right now that I should not be doing. And you told me that if I continue to do it, I am going to get caught and I'll probably get thrown in jail. And I heard what you said and I, and I didn't listen to what you said. And I got caught doing something I should not have been doing a week later. And I got thrown in jail for two years. Wow. And every day I woke up thinking, why didn't I listen to Artie? Why didn't I listen to Artie? So it did not have to happen, but that was a psychic probability, but it happened, you know, Absolutely. Um, 
if I see somebody in a, in a car accident or something, it doesn't mean it has to happen. I'm just telling people you need to play defense with driving based under these circumstances because this is where I see it happening. So by you, you know, being extra precautionary and stuff like that, there are times where I read for people and within the next day or two or a week later, they got in a car accident and they said, all right, why didn't you tell me about that? You know, well, number one, I didn't see it. Number two, I guess you were meant to go through that experience i can't protect you from everything right but certain things and who knows maybe your energy was so negative the day before whatever you created this crap to happen you know interesting i mean it's it's interesting probabilities and you know you always hear you you get back what you put out in the universe so that's that's you know that's a great way to look at it now a lot of people would feel very resentful by what you said. Now, I 100% agree with what you said, but a lot of people would feel resentful because a lot of people that are listening right now say, well, I'm a nice person. I'm a really good person, but I was, you know, and I was born into a family that's dysfunctional or, or you know, I ended up being with a guy who, or a girl who I didn't realize was a crackhead right. and ended up, you the know. Woe is me, the woe is me story. Yeah, and then and then my kids are all screwed up, and then I, you know, and they have their woe is me. So, and I give to people, and I'm generous. Like, and people take keep on taking advantage. But what happens is that when you're being that kind of nice to people, and I would say never stop being nice, but you know, you also have to create boundaries for yourself. Absolutely, because sometimes people give so much of themselves that they're not creating balance in their life. Is where you're giving so much where you're enabling other people. And when you're enabling other people, appreciation turns into entitlement, which then turns you into a jackass, according to their eyes, because you don't keep on accommodating them. Rather than you stop giving, all right, if somebody is not appreciating or reciprocating to you in some way, <coughs> then you need to stop giving to them in that way, because why should they stop? So long as you keep on accommodating them, they don't deserve that. But a lot of times people keep on doing that because they want to be accepted. They want to be liked. They want to be approved. Right. And they're letting respect go right out the door, which is really screwing up your life. So if you want to create the balance in your life, you need to start to stop giving when somebody is not appreciating or reciprocating. And you have to allow yourself to receive. And a lot of people do have a hard time allowing themselves to receive they're only good at giving they only know how to give they have right. a hard time receiving and those guilty. are self-worthy those are self-worthiness issues you know guilty but of that one yeah but i'm gonna put a twist on this to help you gain a positive perspective so if i want to give you a gift of something and you say all right no that's okay no thank you no thank you a lot of people no thank you no thank i'm good i'm good thanks 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 but what you're doing is you're blocking the act of giving of the blessing, or I want to show my love or appreciation to you for what you've done for me or just to help you out or whatever, you know, and, and you, and you say, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. So you're, you're, you're blocking my love and appreciation of giving to you or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how come you're only on the receiving end? And you're not giving the other people that good feeling because all those times where you feel good about giving to others, it makes you feel good. You're providing, you're providing. Well, the balance is allowing other people to feel good about themselves when they want to show appreciation to you. And to you, it's like, 
you don't want to a lot of people feel like if they receive they feel like they're they're being vulnerable no i'm good don't worry about it. i'm okay i'm okay right it's not showing weakness you're just saying it's a mutual exchange of love and appreciation i uh, man i get that and it's uh, it, that hits so close to home man that that makes so much sense on my level so it's god I, i'm at a loss for words because you just described a lot of what I'm guilty of going through and what I'm still trying to work on myself. So, God, that's absolutely fascinating. It's it's a, a unique perspective that you just presented there, too, because I guarantee you a lot of people don't even think of it that way. They just look at themselves as unworthy, but don't look at the other impacts that it has in that regard by not being willing to receive as well. Man, that's so fascinating. Oh. So, you know, I never know what I'm going to talk about. The spirit tells me what topics to talk about, and I just go right into it. I never know what I'm going to say until the moment happens. Right. I didn't do any prep for this interview. I just started talking. So to give you a very good example, so if I'm chilling out in your house, all right, and it's a cold winter day, and you say, hey, Art, I, I made you a, a nice roast beef sandwich and a Diet Coke. No, that's okay. I'm good. Hey, Art, I know how much you love those chocolate brownies. How would you like chocolate brownies and hot chocolate? No, that's okay. I'm good. Are you sure, man? Let me give you something. Let me... Now, if I just kept saying no, thank you, no, thank you to you when you're trying to make me feel comfortable, it's actually going to make you feel like shit rather than saying, you know, all right. You right. know, it's... so like I said, so when somebody, when you're in somebody's place or they want to offer you something, people offer me bottles of water or soda or this or that. And there are times where I really don't need it or want it, but I'll accept it. I'll yeah. take it. You know, I'm not, you know, I'll accept it and I'll have it later. Or maybe I'll give it to someone else. But, you know, a lot of times when I leave parties, a lot of people send me off with uh, care packages. Like, hey, Art, I got so many extra sandwiches left over. Here you go. Or here, take all this extra fruit, this extra. Right. And I'll take it because it makes them feel good thinking that they're making me feel good. And at Absolutely. times, I definitely love this shit. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. But then there are times where I don't care whether if I have it or not, but I appreciate the gesture and the offer. So I, I graciously accept everything and anything. I love it. I love it. And, man, and not because it's free. It's because it's coming from someone's genuine heart. Yes. It's it's the genuine emotion and the, the love and companionship behind it, whether it's your friend, whether it's your spouse, family member, whatever it is. You made enough of an impact on somebody or they love you enough that they want to reciprocate the feelings you've given them so, I mean, it, it impacts on both ends because they want to feel, you know, like they want you to be happy and you want them to be happy by receiving the gifts. I mean, it's it's a powerful thing that, you know, I didn't think about in the past. If somebody wanted to help me, I was too stubborn to accept it or to take a drink, whatever it may be, and didn't even think about, oh, well, they were being nice, but I might have just hurt their feelings. You know, it's... Yeah, you it's, blocked out a moment of, of awesomeness. Absolutely. And you out nice them by saying, oh, you didn't have to do that or whatnot. So, you know, if somebody's paying you a compliment or, or appreciation for what you did for them, you should not say it's wrong to say, oh, it's nothing or don't worry about it. It's really not a big deal here. They're showing such appreciation of what you've done for them that all you should be saying is good. Well, good. I'm glad I made you happy or thank you very much for acknowledging or that's cool. Thank you. You know, thank you for your thank yous. Absolutely. You know, there was a time, it just happened last week, and I'm not saying this to boast about myself at all, I promise you that, but I want to hopefully 
share some enthusiasm with your audience. Mm -hmm. So whenever I see, I just got finished having an awesome lunch. Um, you know, I had like four slices of pizza at my favorite pizza place. Hell yeah. Uh, that sounds like my kind of lunch. Yeah. My, 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 uh, assistant had four slices. I had four slices. I had my diet coats. I was a happy camper. I was full as you could believe. I honestly, if you offered me at my favorite chocolate, uh, hot, fudge brownie with vanilla ice cream i honestly couldn't eat it because i was so full right but what happened was here i am i'm driving in my van down a neighborhood and just at the corner of my eye i happen to catch two young kids selling lemonade and so i was full i wasn't in the mood for lemonade it was a very hot day i turned around and um i asked the kids um i said how much for the lemonade they said a dollar for a cup I says, all right, give me two cups. And I gave them extra money on top of their $2. I even told them to keep the change on top of what I gave them. And it was about supporting young kids yeah. who was trying to be enthusiastic, trying to make money. They're not, you know, they're trying to earn it on their own. So it's like, if you see a kid selling cookies, selling uh, iced tea, uh, lemonade, you know, stop by and support them. And if it's a quarter, you know, maybe it is, maybe that's all you could afford. And if you could afford to give them a buck, give them a buck for the mm -hmm. quarter drink, whatever it is. But, you know, do something to to help inspire them because it really does. It, it, when you're doing good for the public or you're doing good for other people, what you're actually doing is you're investing in your own soul. For sure. 100%. And you're building the character and your love becomes stronger. Your energy becomes greater. And... Um, <laughs> call me a selfish mofo that I'm helping these other people because <laughs> I want to, I want to have a good mojo in my of course. life. I mean, and who wouldn't, who honestly wouldn't, but yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's exactly it. And who knows the impact that you made on those kids lives because you know, you, you possibly could have been the only person that bought from them that day, but that made their day with you turning around and doing that. So, I mean, it, yeah. it's an impact that we don't know the full extent of, but we did something good. You know, I have an older brother. I have two older brothers, and and I'll tell you why I do that, why I'm conscientious about that. Um, when I was about seven or eight years old, I was selling lemonade in front of my house, mm -hmm. and back way back then, I would think I was selling it for maybe twenty five cents a cup or ten cents a cup. I forgot what it was, and so my brother just got home from work. He used to be a waiter at this one hamburger hot dog joint called Stewart's. And so he used to make decent amount of money. And so anyway, he gets out of his car and he was in a hurry and, and he saw me, you know, selling stuff and he came right up to me and he goes, uh, give me a cup. And so I said, all right. And I looked at him and I said, you owe me a quarter. And he threw $2 on the, on, on, on the table. He goes, don't worry about it. Keep it. And I never forgot that. And I, that was worth like, Oh my God, $2. That was like, so cool. You know, Absolutely. So I pass that kind of love and energy to other young kids because I remember the impact that it made on me. I love it. I love it. I mean, and speaking of things that have an impact, you you have a book too. Have your angels call my angels. What what yeah. led to that? Because I mean, that's helping get your word out to other people that may not have been aware of what you do, and it's making an impact there, and it's just helping you know helping everything continue to grow. So, what led you to writing the book and? What's been the uh, what's been the result of all that as you were in that process? Well, you know, as I be as I started to spiritually grow more and more as the month grew on, and I I actually wrote that book many 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 years ago 
but I just actually put it to form just a couple of few years ago because my girlfriend, I showed her the book that I wrote. She goes, all right, you got to make this a book book. You got to get it out there. I'll yeah. help you write, make it professional and I'll get it out there. And, uh, and so she did. And I, and I, when I wrote that book, it's like, I, I was going to bed so many times. And w when I was going to bed at so many times, I was, uh, getting so many messages while I was going to sleep about certain topics because people would be talking to me about the same topics over and over again about their issues, but it was the same topic, but just with different people. And I said, Oh, I got to talk about this. I got to talk about that. I got to write this. I got to write that. And before you know it, a whole book came out and I took the best of the best of the book, best bets of the parts out. And um, again, I talk about angels. I take. A, I talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, why do good things happen to bad people? Why do bad things happen to good people? Um, you know, I have a lot of inspirational messages. I talk about a lot of deep subjects, a lot of deep topics. Like mm -hmm. today, we were talking about some deep topics, but yet I explain things in my book where everyone understands. I explain things in layman terms where you're gonna understand it and you're gonna have a lot of aha moments. And there are times where, you know, where people say, like, this is like one of my favorite topics. Well, if there's really a God, then why is all these bad things happening? You know, if there's really a God. And in my book, I explained because God gave everyone free will and we have choices to allow things to happen. It takes a, a, a public conscious effort mm -hmm. to make things stop or to make things happen. So, you know, God allows everything to happen, even the bad. And, and if he did intervene to actually stop to make things happen, then he's intervening in our free will, which is the greatest gift he gave us, freedom of choice. So I said, look at it this way. And I wrote this in the book. I said, Jesus, you know, supposedly the son of God, you know, um, I feel like he was a beautiful spirit. Now, I was raised in a Jewish family, but for you know, arguments say for everyone to say that, you know, Jesus was the son of God. Mm -hmm. He didn't stop the beating of Jesus. He didn't stop it. He didn't stop him being hung. Jesus could have called it off this quickly if he wanted to, but he didn't want to stop the free will of, of, of what was going on around him, even though he didn't want that to happen, but he didn't want to use his above powers to stop. We had right. the ability to stop it. So, but God and Jesus allowed that process to happen. So God did not stop the beating of Jesus uh, while he was being tortured and stuff at the end. Uh, and of course we all know the good that came out of it after the Absolutely. fact. So, you know, who are we, who are we to just, who are we to judge what's right and what's wrong and what's good and what's bad. And I mean, yeah, it sucks when you hear about kids being tortured or whatnot, but also in my book, I also explain, there's many different things I explain in the book. But another thing is, you know, there is this thing called karma. What goes around comes around. Mm -hmm. So all those Nazi Germans, and it could be not just the Nazi Germans, it could be any other schmuck that, you know, that did torture to a lot of people. How do you know that they're not the ones that are reborn into the world, that they're the ones being beaten? How do you know that? They're not the Nazi Germans that are being beaten as kids or being beaten in third world countries or raped or what, because that's what they did in previous lives to other people. So now they're getting the ramification of what happened. And this is just a theory of karma because, you know, what goes around comes around. So, 
I mean, is that a proven fact? No, but it's not out of the it's not out of the picture either. Right. So, but yet we have compassion for all these kids and for all these people who are in very vulnerable positions in life. And it's up to us how much we want to step up to change things. And we can change things. And but with that comes pain and sacrifice when you're willing to, you know, fight for what you feel is right, whether it be on a public level or on a personal note. Very, very true. I mean, that's uh, again, it's a fascinating insight to what a lot of people probably think but don't know how to vocalize or put the words to. And I mean, it, it's very accurate, too, because we were given the choice of free will and obviously like the higher power is there but sometimes we create our own circumstances and we fall victim to that what we again what we've said earlier what we put out in the universe sometimes comes back to us so it's like you said it's not out of the realm of possibility that it could happen you could stop the legacy of this bullshit going on in your life if you want so it's like these people uh, you know, I act so nice to, to my partner in life and they still keep on yelling at me. They still keep on stealing from me. They still keep on beating me. Like, why do they get, I like, what? well, then get the hell out of there. Absolutely. That's who they are by nature. So, you know, if you put yourself in a den of snakes, if you're with somebody uh, in, in a den of lions or in a den of snakes and by nature, they they bite you and, 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 and strangle you by nature. It's who they are by nature. Yep. You want them to be how you think they should be or how they used to be or or your fantasy about them. It's Absolutely. not who they are. If you want to be around cuddly puppy dogs, then hang around people who are like cuddly puppy dogs or kittens. But, you know, so. Very, I mean, it's, it's very, words. very wise words and. And so much of that like describes like uh, uh you know abusive relationships I've been around like my parents and even ones that I've been in when I was younger and thought oh it's gonna work out things will get better but I mean you're you're exactly right you you think it's gonna get better it doesn't but when you finally remove yourself from that situation it, it's a whole new ball game at that point too and it just takes you actually being willing to remove yourself from that situation and take off the golden handcuffs because I mean it again. You know, you've got to have that plan in place. You've got to have that island to go to, like you referenced earlier. And you just have to remove yourself from that situation and break away from that little nugget of comfort for something better that could be waiting for you on the other side. Yeah, people uh, become very, you know, a, a lot of people who are listening right now will probably say, and they're probably going to freak out when they hear me say this, because this is what they just said. Yeah, easier said than done yep. for some people. But the thing is, is that people become financially codependent or emotionally codependent on their life circumstances with their partner. True happiness is going to be when you are self-sufficient and you could start creating your life. If you don't like who you're with or what you're with under the circumstances, well, then you need to start reinventing yourself so that you're not remaining stuck for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Or Man, people say, well, because of the kids, screw that. You're not you're not teaching them anything by being miserable yeah. or playing end game to stay in a, a, a relationship that is a bunch of bull crap or a bunch of lies or Very you're true. not, you know, the kids pick up on that. You know, it's better you to be happy with somebody and your partner to be happy with someone else rather than the two of you wanting to kill each other. Exactly. And for, every, and for everybody who does have a, a healthy, happy relationship, 
God bless you. You know, great. Don't change. Don't say you got a great chemistry. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Stick with it, you know? Absolutely. Man, such such wise words. And I think, man, that's such a, a perfect place to to wrap up my portion of the interview where I'm throwing you the questions because, I mean, like, I think you just – if more people would take that to mind and get out of that easier said than done mentality – their lives and the world would probably be a whole lot better place. But again, just got to be, got to have that exit strategy in place, have that island to go to, and then you have to be willing to make it happen. But one thing I'm willing to make happen right now, and I'm actually looking very much forward to this, is letting you throw some questions my way, Artie, because I know, um, you know, we, we talked a little bit through text about it, and we talked before we started rolling mics here, and... I have no idea what you're going to throw my way. I have no idea what topics we're going to cover, but I've been grilling you with these questions and learning everything for the last 45 minutes or so. So now I want to reciprocate and give it back to you and let you be the host and throw some questions my way. Well, I already know I'm a psychic. (laughs) (laughs) Fair point. Fair point. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, No, it's like I was never, you know, as far as to ask you questions, um, a question you might want to ask yourself or or for your listeners, how bad do you want something to happen? You know, what are you willing to sacrifice to get what it is you say you want? You know, what are you willing to do to get to get that? You know, and and, uh, you know, a lot of people say. Um, well, well, that's really hard. Well, oh, well, that's really hard. Yeah. Just because something is hard to do, doesn't make it impossible. Bingo. It's just a challenge. Look at all your problems in life as a challenge. Don't look at it as a, at it as a problem problem. Yeah. A problem problem. You're stuck. But if you look at a problem as a challenge, it's like, all right, well, what can we do to alleviate it? Maybe you could improve it and maybe you just have to get rid of the person or the situation altogether. Absolutely. To- whatever it is you got readjust the approach and attack it from a different angle you know it's funny in my book called angels and answers i have two books the other one is called have your angels call my angels Mm -hmm. and that one's more about relationships um learning how to have a better relationship with god have a better relationship with your angels a better relationship with your partner in life, your kids, your coworkers, your friends. It's all about self-respect. Have your angels call my angels. And um, angels and answers is more about um, about life itself, about your life, about life itself. And you're going to have a lot of aha moments. Oh yeah. So it's funny in one of my in one of my chapters of my book, one of the titles is called "It Makes Me Laugh." And it says, for all of you who don't believe in God, so if your kid sneezes, rather than saying, God bless you, what do you say? Better luck next time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that'd be a mouthful to even try and get out, especially if it's multiple sneezes back to back. (laughs) Oh, man. See, you don't even think about that because I think just out of habit, everyone says bless you or God bless you. Just just out of habit. But you never think about that. Right. So even if you just say bless you, well, where are the blessings coming from? So Fair point. it's really funny that, you know, when I'm on my show and at times, you know, I, I answer people's questions. So I, I have a Facebook live show every Sunday night at 8 p.m. 
Eastern time, Eastern time, I got to say, Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And um, and I talk about a lot of God's wonders that people, it goes right over the head. You just take everything for granted. Right. Uh, life, you know, the perplexity of the human body or, or every animal in the world or every mammal in the world. And, you know, um, and, and, and when when I just bring certain things to the light about God's creation or, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's all science. It's bullshit. There's no God. It's all science. It's like, well, human emotions and animal emotions is not science. That's true. It's emotion, you know? So I, you know, it's pretty interesting how God, when he creates every single person in the world, um, well, I would say most, 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 you know, you have that uh, 0.1% where everyone has two eyes and nose and mouth and ears. It might be a little deformed here or there, but God has created consistently two eyes and nose and mouth, you know? Right. You know, you know, can you imagine like you're going on a, a, a dot com, a, a dating site and says, yes, uh, preferably preferred one, uh, a person with uh, must have two eyes, <laughs> two ears. And, <laughs> uh, eye clops, please stay out. Uh, not needed. Uh, no, I don't want to speak with any purple people or green people. No or, grimaces. No grimaces. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, must must be this that or the other. Thing, right, so. right. Whew, man, you might be uh, picking the bottom of the barrel if that was the case. But I mean, you're exactly right. So after I I discuss about a lot of God's wonders, I, I look up and I say, God bless yourself. I said, you did such a great job with all the responsibilities you have. I said, bless yourself, you know. I love it. And 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 you know, the, a funny way of looking at that is if you see the movie Bruce Almighty, mm-hmm. when he love wants to take movie. on responsibilities of God and how he feels he could do just as good of a job or a better job. And he says, you want the responsibilities of God? Here you go. And it's like, Oh my God, you know? I mean, and we saw how that turned out where he thought every, you know, everything had to be answered. And when you give that to somebody or you give that to everybody, everybody ended up miserable and he ended up miserable getting what he wanted. So, I mean, it's, uh, I guess be careful what you ask for, but you know, it's, like you said, there's something there. It's not just all science. There's emotion. There's everything. There are signs of God's creation and God's work everywhere around us. And I would even count science as something like that because where did somebody become intelligent enough or have the thought to start doing this? To um, create. Yeah. You know, like the other day, you know, I think like this, you know, not that I'm thinking like this all the time, but I have these moments and it's like, all right, so we got metal out of the earth. We got fruit out of the earth. We got the colors to make paint out of the earth. We got wood out of the earth. We got, you know, I mean, it, we got titanium. Like, where did where did the machines come from to dig up the earth to get all this stuff? Yeah. And, 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 to, and, and who thought of something as simple as glass and mirrors? And, and, and who thought of just creating tires and just the circle? You know? I mean, it goes on and on and on. And, and this, you know, sound of music and the drum. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on forever. You could talk about this. Yep. And just the creations of God. So when people say, yeah, I don't believe in God and stuff. It's like, I really don't go into a big debate with anybody. Right. And I really believe in my heart and soul. And people could debate me with this, and that's fine. This is just my concept. People who say they don't believe in God, I feel like 
they've had a very challenging life. Like if there was, a, you know, like they lost their parents or their children at a young age. So therefore I stopped believing in God. Somebody got sick really bad. I stopped believing in God. I lost all my money uh, in the stock market when I stopped believing in God. Um, you know, I was tortured in this or that, or my parents are, you know, dysfunctional. My family's, I, I don't believe in God or I don't, you know, there's a lot. I, I believe people were tortured emotionally somehow, some way in their life to carry kind of anger or resentment Very to think true. that God does not exist because if there really was a God. But the thing is, people, you know, they, they believe in evil, but they don't believe in, just because evil exists doesn't mean good and, and love doesn't exist. These are facts. You, gotta, you can't it's have light without the dark. Exists. They're easy to believe in the devil and the negative and all this crap because you hear this crap all the time in the news. Yep. So they, so I, I always tell people, I said, just because, you know, uh, evil and, and negativity exists doesn't mean God and beauty and love doesn't exist. Very true. Very, very true. You know? Mm-hmm. So it, it, what, what was the most challenging moment of your life? What would you say that you, you had to overcome? Man, or were, um... were, near, were you were near death or, or you were just going through a, a very... Um, one of the hardest emotional times of your life. I, I can honestly say right now, as we're recording this, um, I'm I'm currently going through it. Um, this whole year has been a, a little bit of a an up and down roller coaster where things have gone to the highest of highs and then just crashed right back to the lowest of lows. And <clears throat> most recently, I I guess you can just say I made my pay per view debut. The next day, as I'm, you know, still riding that high, going to uh, my niece's birthday, my grandfather is taken back to the emergency room for the third or fourth time this year, um, as he's dealing with, you know, stage three cancer, uh, stage three breast cancer, and then he's also, you know, find out he's borderline septic, he's got pneumonia again, and this is a normally healthy guy, but he's lost over 30 pounds in the last month. And, you know, he's dehydrated, he's delirious, he doesn't know what's going on. So you have that, and then the next day, um, my dog that we're going to have to unfortunately, you know, put to sleep here in a couple days uh, because of this, attacked my two-year-old son, and we had to take a trip to the emergency room, and it's just like, I'm afraid to ask what more you can throw at me, but it's also like, I I know that it's not going to last forever, I know that things will get better. I have faith that things will get better. And I have people around me that are looking out for me at the same time when I don't feel like I can, you know, pick the ball up and run with it. So it's just, you know, it's been an up and down, up and down, up and down, getting in my own head in the middle of it. And that that's kind of like where I'm in right now. But like I said, I know it's going to pass. I know things will come on the other side. But this has really been like the most difficult year of my life because it started out with, my other two dogs, unfortunately, you know, having to be uh, put to sleep because of cancer. And, you know, that was a whole... But I'm going to put a little um, uh, calmness in your heart or in your soul right now. Please do. So what you're doing is for everyone who has to, you know, put their dog or cat down or animal pet, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're doing is you're letting a healthy soul out of an unhealthy body so that once you put them down... Nobody ever dies. Your dog's not dead. Right. And your kids who have passed away, they're not dead. 
the body dies, but you yourself, we're the soul. Your soul never dies. So your soul just goes into a different dimension. So what you did was you let a healthy dog out of an unhealthy body. So now it could play again Absolutely. and be and do all that, but it's just in a different dimension. It's not like when you kill it, you kill it. No, yeah. you just stop the body from hurting your dog. Absolutely. The pain of the body. And once, once the soul leaves the body, all pains, all physical pains go away instantly. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's one thing that really stuck out. It was, um, I believe it was part of a scripture or a poem that was read at my, at my grandmother's funeral, um, back in 2013, where it says, you know, don't weep, don't weep at my grave. Don't weep over my body. I'm no longer there. My spirit is at peace. I'm, I'm young again. I'm healthy again. And I'm, yes. I'm paraphrasing, but I mean, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, for our own selfish reasons as humans, from an ego standpoint, we want what we want. You know, Absolutely. We, want, we want to still be able to hug our loved ones or our pets. Yeah. You know, really so much because it we just love it, you know. Yeah. But now we learn to readjust ourselves according to life is changing. Life is always changing. So the the quicker you come to the concept of accepting what is, then your life, the quality of your life will continue to get better and better and better. Absolutely. If you're fighting challenges of what once always was once before and you're fighting and upset about that it's no longer like that anymore then you are always going to remain stuck very true but it's it's your 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 thought process of expectations is what screws you up you could hope for the best and want the best and want this and want that and you could shoot for it but all you have is the now all you have is the moment so you know, try to make the moment as best as possible. Absolutely. And if it turn out the way you want it to be or the way it should be, well, then go to plan B or go to plan C to mm -hmm. make things as best as possible <clears throat> in circumstances given to you. And people have, always, well, I'm not accepting that. I'm not accepting that. Well, then you're always going to remain sad and miserable and uh, and nasty. What can I tell you? That's you know, it, it is what it is. So. It really is what it is. And it's not saying that to be mean, but all circumstances of life, it is what it is. So I'm going to share with you a funny moment. Oh, I'm um, all ears. So if, if anybody wants to really experience what pure unconditional love is about, if you want to experience pure unconditional love, throw your dog and your partner in the trunk of a car for one hour and then open it up and see which one is happy <laughs> to see you. That's unconditional love. <laughs> I don't know. I might have to throw Jeff in there with my wife and see which one comes out loving me first. <laughs> he says no. <laughs> Jeff says no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's true. I mean, that's so true, though, because you know that dog will come out first. Like, he'll probably tackle you tail wagon, tongue yeah. ready to go, licks galore. And your spouse will probably be there ready to murder you. So we, we know where the loyalty lies. <laughs> and then your spouse is going to say, see if you get some for a while. <laughs> oh, honey, don't listen to this. Uh, anyway, anyway, I digress. 
Oh, man, but that, that, that was a deep question, and I love that. So, I mean, if you got any more, let's keep them coming. Um, let's see. Well, I haven't even really thought about because I never really ask questions. But um, what is it that you wanted so bad that you didn't get, but yet you found out afterwards, thank God I didn't get that, because it would have killed me. It would have. It would have totally went against me. In the moment, you wanted it so bad, but you ended up not getting it for God knows what reason. But then, in the long run, it turned out. Thank God that didn't happen. Um, I actually have something. I can tell you exactly. I'm not gonna name names, but there was a girl. This was my my high school sweetheart, whatever you want to name it. We, we maybe dated for a month or two. And I, I use that term loosely because it was not what you would expect. It was not what I was expecting, but she was like, she was it. That was all. She was all I wanted. Every other girl that I dated in my mind was, well, this isn't who I want to really be with. Blah, 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 blah. We finally started dating in college and it was not what you would expect. Um, and I realized that because, you know, it's just, I'm a big communicator. I'm I'm so big about this. And had I continued to try and stay and make things work, it was not going to work. And I would have missed out on meeting my wife, having the family that I have now, just because I was still trying to make something that I wanted back in high school a reality that wasn't meant for me. Now, we're friends to this day. We're friends. We're both married. Um haven't talked in a while, but we're still friends. And, you know, it's just, but like, had I tried to make that work longer than it, what it was, what it was, I would not be the person I am right now. I would probably be miserable, depressed, even more like, you know, dealing with depression more than I do now. But it just, I would have missed out on so many things that make my life great now because I'd be chasing something that was like putting that square peg in a round hole that just wasn't meant to work. Yeah, we fall in love with the fantasy. Exactly. We fall in love with the fantasy of what we think somebody is or should be or whatever. And it's almost like you have the opportunity to meet your favorite actor or actress or musician. Mm -hmm. And you meet the person to find out they're a big a-hole. Yep. And on the scenes are cocky, arrogant. And, and here you're putting them on a pedestal because they're such excellent performers. Bingo. It doesn't mean they're going to be all that and a bag of chips behind the scenes. Very true. They say, don't meet your heroes. And sometimes that's true. <laughs> that's right. Keep the fantasy alive. That's it. You know, Man. so, um, you know, to give you an example, as far as, um, and I've heard this story quite a few times, uh, but it's not a negative. It's just something interesting. You know, Steve Martin, the comedian, mm -hmm. Saturday night live. He's been in a lot of great movies oh, and yeah. great actor. Behind the scenes, he's terribly shy. He doesn't like to speak yeah. with people and stuff. So his personality on stage and who he is in real life, totally opposite. He's not a big communicator at all. And the same thing with um, with Dean Martin. Dean Martin, who is the entertainer of all entertainers, mm -hmm. uh, didn't communicate with his family well. He was very quiet. Very introverted, yeah. In his ways. And he was to uh, totally opposite of the way he portrayed himself, you know, uh, on stage and, and in front of the camera, you know, it's yeah. totally different. So, 
I, I always tell I always tell people who I meet, I said, trust me, the person you're talking to now, I'm the same guy behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, and, and you can tell, too, because it just the the energy that you brought to this conversation here tonight has stayed constant through and through, like, like just how engaged you've been. It, it's been a blast for me, and it doesn't even feel like we've been talking for an hour, and I feel like I've talked to somebody that I've known way longer than just this conversation and, you know, a text message exchanges. So this is like, you can tell that when that red light's off, you're the same Artie that you are when the red light's on. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you very much. Of course. And, and uh, yeah, I, um, you know, it's funny when I was a kid, um, one of my mother's friends said to me that I'll never forget. And she said, I, I think I was like eight years old or so. Mm -hmm. And my mother's friend said to me, she says, Art, if you could somehow bottle your personality, you'd become a multi, multi-millionaire. <laughs> and so here I am, you know, I, I, you know, when I was trying to, when I was around 30 years old, I was trying to do stand-up and I wasn't great at being a stand-up. But now that I speak with spirituality and stories and I'm reading people, I'm doing live audiences and stuff, that I can make funny. Absolutely. And I can, with funny stories or you know say funny things or you know i walk up to a 70 year old lady and i say you know i hate to tell you this but i, I don't i see your baby making days are over <laughs> <laughs> you know i don't see you get pregnant anymore. <laughs> or I love it. or when, when girls uh will type in their question to me during my show and they say art do you see me getting pregnant soon i said yeah when you stop watching my show and get in the bedroom i said your odds are going to go way up <laughs> <laughs> so. oh it's brilliant that's brilliant that is amazing and that's that's a mic drop right there that is amazing oh so, i love it i absolutely like, love it you know, i like to uh just keep everything light you know yeah. um in the way that i deliver i think I, I think people you know people are so caught up with such seriousness of life that I feel like it's very important to stay light on your feet and to have that sense of humor. And, you know, people who don't have a sense of humor, they're the easiest ones to have the butt of the jokes. Right. Cause they don't like everybody else will laugh, but they play a good straight person cause they don't get it. And so that's what makes it even funnier. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I grew up with a lot of comedians in my family. Uh, a lot of me, all my uncles were very funny and, um, and, and, and my brothers and my, we, we all had pretty good sense of humor and quick wit and stuff. So it was, it was fine. I mean, we had definitely our challenging times growing up, but there was definitely a lot of laughter. Absolutely. For sure. And I mean that you can tell too, by just the, like I said, the energy that you brought, the, the ability to bring the jokes and the humor to what you're doing now and make it just that little extra bit of special spice on top to just complete the package, man. It's, it's a fantastic gift. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I really do. And man, I so. I just appreciate you taking the time to be here tonight and being so willing to come on and chat with me and have a little fun with the questions because this has been an absolute blast on our end over here. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, listen, I, I'd like to uh, come back on again. And, Absolutely. Uh, and uh, you know, just ask and and uh, we'll have some more fun together. That's for all. sure. For sure. And I've got, we will, we're obviously going to stay in touch. So we will, we will make that happen. And who knows, we might even get a reading on, on the show. You never know. We'll, we'll have some fun with it, see what we can work out and we'll make it happen. And I know you hear me.
I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.